Welcome to Build Your Tribe with your host, Shalene Johnson. Hey there, welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson, and this episode is about habits. Now, I do have two podcasts, one that's called The Shalene Show, and obviously this one, Build Your Tribe. And you might be surprised when you hear that today I'm going to be talking about habits and decluttering your home and getting organized on this episode or on this show versus The Shalene Show, but let me explain why. I believe, this is my personal opinion through years and years and years of observation of people who are incredibly successful, who are balanced, who are calm, who have their stuff together, they're very organized. They've got exceptional habits. And I believe many entrepreneurs are very creative people who are being held back by all the clutter and chaos that surrounds them. I've also learned personally as a former disaster area, as a person who used to just, oh my God, what a mess. Seriously, my car, my closet, you name it. I was so disorganized and so messy because I figured it took too much time to clean things up. I would do it later. I had a business to run. I had things to do, opportunities to take advantage of. But I've learned that the more organized And the better my habits, the more successful my business has become. So before you tune me out, let me tell you, this episode is about getting your stuff together, decluttering your life, and developing better habits. Off to the show. Hi guys, how are you? Thanks so much for jumping on. I am going to be talking about habits and all of us, every single one of us, needs to eat healthier exercise daily, be more productive, be more organized. We all need to save time. We all need to create routines that make us feel normal. Like how awful does it feel when you're just out of your routine, right? You know, like when you're on vacation or something and you're like, why am I so grumpy? Why am I in such a bad mood? It's because you're out of your routine. We love routine. Routine is good. Routine makes us successful. Routine minimizes stress. Routine makes us feel at peace and safe and comfortable and all those other things. It also helps us to maintain things that helped us to become successful. And there was nobody, no one more disorganized or messy, pretty, actually I was pretty organized, an organized person in that I could get things done extremely productive, but there's a difference between productive and organized, right? Like, so I'll go head to head, toe to toe with anyone in terms of productivity, but I couldn't go there in terms of like not being messy. So I had like a disastrous closet. I mean, I wouldn't let people take a ride in my car unless I could have like a 30 minute warning to go clean it out, spray it down, hose it off and find a place for people to sit. My bedroom, my closet was like mountains mountains and mountains of clothes that I tried on thinking that looks stupid. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I look terrible in that. Oh, I hate this. And just like, I throw them all on the floor because I thought piles and piles and piles of shoes and clothes and shoes and clothes and shoes and clothes because I thought, well, I got to get dressed quickly and it takes too much time to rehang and fold these things. And I have things to do and I need to be productive. So to put these things away would be a waste of time and I am productive. So I will do this later. Let's talk about the book called The Power of Habit, exceptional book. The other book I want to talk to you about is called Smart Change. So I want to talk to you specifically about habits because habits can change your life. So here's what I want to tell you a little story. In June, I had my social media accounts hacked. And when that happened, it was incredibly scary. It was truly scary. 
Number one, because that's where I met you. Number two, this is where I make my livelihood. Number three, this is what I teach people how to do is how to build their reach and engagement using social media. Number four, it brought my business to a screaming halt because I couldn't run webinars. I couldn't do business. I couldn't do anything because I was hacked. Not only that, it was like having a robber break into your home and then going to sleep that night knowing they were still in your house. Because when I got hacked, what we found out was that they had been in my inbox for who knows how long. And that meant every single account, including all of our financial accounts, were all tied to my email address, which they were in. Which meant once I figured out that an account had been hacked, I would go to that account, I would change the password, and they would get the notification at the same time that I would. So they could easily stay in my accounts. It was a nightmare. And that process was so scary and so life encompassing. It took over everything. I mean, everything. They knew everything about me. They knew everything about my kids. They knew everything about everything. And once I kind of got my feet into a few social media accounts and we thought we'd kind of lock them out, I made a big mistake. And I kind of was like, oh yeah, come at me, bro. Oh, you think you're like, I was like, oh, a little hacker, gamer, little gamer hacker. And I said some things that the, by the way, the FBI got involved and they told me not to do that. And I was like, I won't. But I was like, you little son of a, you little. And I kind of like put him on blast a little bit. And that was really bad. You know why? Because if you're a person who fights fair, you don't want to fight with someone who doesn't fight fair. And it got nasty and it got ugly and it got weird and it got scarier. The reason why I'm telling you that is because at that time, it got so scary that I had to stop going out in public and I had to stop doing all the things that were a regular part of my routine, which included teaching my morning classes. Yeah, it was terrible. So I stopped teaching my morning classes. I stopped my regular routine at the advice of some of our experts that we were working with. And that meant I was no longer teaching my morning classes. Now, the reason why that's relative to our conversation about habits is because so much of my healthy habits and my morning routine were tied to the way that I started my day. So for nearly 20 years, I had started my day early in the morning by going to teach an exercise class at like 5.30 a.m., coming home. And as I pulled into the driveway, that was my environmental trigger to make my daily brain dump, which is kind of getting all of your thoughts down on paper quickly. It's a you know practice that I certainly didn't invent, but I enjoy practicing it and then creating a to-do list from that. So once I started sleeping in and staying home and working out here at my home and basically became a prisoner to my home, I couldn't figure out why I wasn't making a to-do list every day. I'm like, this is a habit. What is wrong with me? This is what I teach. How come I can't do this? Why am I not making this habit happen? And I'm like, well, just force yourself. And then I was like, but every day I keep forgetting. I keep forgetting to do it. And then I would say to myself, well, maybe I just need to go downstairs and I'll do it downstairs while Brett's drinking coffee or tomorrow. Okay. And I would announce it. I'd be like, okay, I have figured it out, everybody. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to make my to-do list every morning the second I wake up. And I kind of would like announce it and then it wouldn't happen. Well, what I didn't realize is that habits require more than just the act of doing something because there are things you can do all the time. And they do become very instinctual until you're out of that environment. 
What we know about habit is that it is more than just repeating something for 30 days. It is more than just willpower and determination. Here's what is required to create a habit. Write this down. So the first thing is your environment is the first thing that's important when it comes to a habit. It's one of the easiest ways to solidify a habit. The second thing is what we call a trigger. So when I was driving home every day from teaching my fitness classes, the environment was my car. The car made the habit easy. It was quiet. It was peaceful. There were no distractions. There was no sound. It was the right environment for this habit. The trigger was driving down my street. As I would pull down my street, as soon as I would see my house, all of a sudden I felt very triggered to have the instant gratification that came with making a to-do list. Now, what you want to pay attention to is not necessarily that you're triggered to do something, but it triggers in you a memory or a feeling that gives you instant gratification. So this is why some people really struggle with making the habit of exercise a habit because they're focusing on weight loss. And y'all, every time you work out, you're not going to lose weight. Newsflash, hate to be the first one to tell you. And so therefore, you don't have a positive or instant gratification associated with exercise. I, however, and many others who love exercise, what you look forward to is you've associated it with the feeling that you have when you're done. And then... You're excited about that feeling. So I would pull into my driveway and I would immediately be triggered and I would feel that excitement, that desire to have that instant gratification that I felt when I'd finished my to-do list. So first environment. Second is a trigger. The trigger is usually something that you see that triggers a feeling. The feeling then creates action because you're like, well, I guess this can be true for bad habits as well. So the feeling comes after we act on the trigger. So, for example, if you've had a long, stressed out day and your trigger is to walk into the kitchen and everybody's done eating dinner and your trigger is like, oh, I'm looking forward to relaxing and therefore my my nightly habit is to pour myself a glass of scotch or whatever it is you drink and then you act on that, right? Well, Once we do those three things, the environment is perfect for the habit. We've got some type of a trigger that triggers a response in us that makes us crave the gratification, the instant gratification of the action. And then we act. And then guess what? Once we do this routinely, we create mindless behaviors. Now that might sound bad, but it's actually really good for you. Here's why. Because our brains weren't designed to think. And that might sound strange, but it's true. Our brains haven't evolved at the same speed as technology and all of our devices and the amount of data that we're responsible for and the amount of decision-making and the amount of drain that we have on our brains. Our brains take about 20 to 25% of our calorie consumption. And that happens just by making decisions. So if I see a comment and I actually read it, that is 
something, my brain has to do something with that. My brain has to say, should I ignore that or should I read that? Should I process that? What should I do with that? I just got a text message. Should I look at that text message? Should I respond to it? Uh Oh, there's an email notification. Do I respond to that email notification now? Do I read it? If I read it, do I respond to it or do I ignore it? Do I try to tell myself to remember to respond to it later? And it's just too much. Our brains, they haven't evolved to handle that. Technology has developed far faster than our cute little brains. Our little brains merely were responsible for food, shelter, danger, like lions, tigers, bears, lightning, thunderstorms, rodents, predators. That's three. And procreation. Some of you are still focused on number four a little too much, right? And pretty much we didn't often trigger the area of our brain that focused on danger, right? Because I mean, how often is a lion going to be roaring? But now every time your phone goes off, even if it's in the other side of the room, what do you do when your phone goes off, right? And then what if it goes off like three times really fast? Then what do you feel? That feels like a lion. That's like, it's got to be something serious. It has got to be something serious. You're like, oh my God, what is it? What is it? What is it? Right? You always assume it's an emergency. You always assume it's a lion. Yes. We want to get to a place where our actions are mindless because our brains don't want to think. So the more you could create situations where it happens automatically, number one, it becomes a habit. Number two, it doesn't tire you out. Number three, you feel better. And like I said, all habits make things that are good for us easier. And the same is true when we're thinking about bad habits we need to change. All right, so I want you to think of one negative habit or a habit that you would like to improve. And I want you to think about what is the feeling that you're looking for, that instant gratification. So let's say that it's grabbing a snack. What is it that is gratifying about it? So I think about myself when I am mindless eating, it's usually, I find myself mindless eating, not when I'm stressed, but when I'm thinking really, really hard about something. So if I get a phone call and someone's like, hey, listen, I need your help. And this is a big problem. And as they're explaining the problem to me, this is probably what my face does. For whatever reason, I open up my eyes really wide when I'm thinking hard. I'm like, think hard, think hard, eyes open. And then I slowly wander into the kitchen on the phone and I'm thinking with my eyes really wide open. I don't even look. I just wander into the pantry and I reach my hand into a bag of nuts. It's like I'm thinking really, really hard. So that's my trigger. And I don't know what it is, but I find that what I'm looking for is something to do physically while I'm trying to process this mentally. So I had to recognize that I do this. And I also had to recognize like, why am I doing that? Like what relief does it give me? So that I can figure out, number one, what's the environment that triggers it? And what is the trigger? What's the feeling that it triggers? And then obviously the action is the mindless snacking, right? Okay, so then I follow through on that and it becomes a mindless behavior. Okay, so now I know, I've learned, I'm not perfect about this, but I'm learning that when I feel that trigger like that, okay, my brain is working really hard and I want to think about this and I want to process it. It's easier for me now to make sure to recognize that feeling and not walk into the environment. I just stay right wherever I'm at. And then I'll pull up a pad of paper and take notes because this is a much better way to process than this, right? Let's talk about other habits. Let's say you come home and you're incredibly tired and then you walk into the kitchen and that's the trigger for wanting to do something to take care of yourself or soothe yourself, like having a cocktail, let's say. Well, then think about what is it you're triggered to feel? What is it you want to feel? You want to feel relaxed. You want to feel like you're 
treating yourself, you want to feel like you're off the clock, fine. What I'm suggesting you do is develop not a way to just stop that from happening, but rather engaging a new behavior that satisfies that trigger. So number one, you got to change the environment. Number two, you have to identify that that feeling is still going to be there. So what can we replace it with? It still gives you that satisfaction, but perhaps is healthier. And when you need to, the most important thing is to change your environment. So what other things could you do? Now, I want you to know this. It's not that simple. The very first thing you try may not work. And the second thing and the third thing, but eventually you're going to find something that does work. But you have to have some type of visual, something visual in your environment that says, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do. Because if you're seeing a bottle of wine, then that's your visual in your environment that says, oh, I'm supposed to drink. But if you're triggered to satisfy that feeling that wanting to be taken care of and to be done for the night, right? Well, then you need something else in your environment that triggers the healthier action. Like say, I don't know, a foam roller. Is that weird? I don't know, but like that would give me that same kind of feeling. Or maybe it's your headphones and your headphones signify to you that it's time for you to listen to a podcast or a meditation or knitting or something that it's a healthier habit to have, but you're still getting the satisfaction from it. Now, one thing that I had to do was get this habit back. And I kept questioning myself. I'm like, well, maybe it was never a habit. Maybe I never developed this habit. How did I do it every day? And then I realized through research that the habit was still there. My environment had changed and therefore I wasn't triggered. The feelings weren't triggered in me and so I never acted on it. So I tried five different things until I finally landed on something that worked. And that for me was laying my notepad across my sink every day. So what I do now is when I wake up in the morning and I had to experiment, I kept trying different things and they wouldn't work. Finally, I said, well, I need to do this first thing in the morning. The first thing I do is I walk into my bathroom and I go to brush my teeth, but I'm not seeing anyone. I'm not kissing anyone, but still sleeping. So if this is across my sink, I can't brush my teeth until I'm triggered to go, oh yeah, I need to make a brain dump, which takes five minutes. A brain dump is simply to list out every single thing that is on your brain. Business, personal, emotional, conversations, text messages, gifts to buy, phone calls, just anything that's like, okay, I need to get this out of my brain so I stop playing ping pong with it. And some people do this at night. Some people do this first thing in the morning. For me, it is beautiful and it has always worked for me first thing in the morning. But statistically speaking, most people sleep better if they do it before they go to bed. So I'll leave that part up to you. That is really key. I want to give you one more very simple suggestion when it comes to habits, and it's this. You've got to have something visually that isn't supposed to be there that triggers you. And the example that I gave on my Periscope, you'll see that I gave you two examples, and I actually showed them to you in my house. Do you have trillions of cords and chargers laying around your house, and you're like, I don't even know what this goes to? Does anyone know where the charger to my camera is? Does anyone know where the charger to this is? Or you find cords and you're like, does anyone know what this charge is? Is that you? Well, I'm a gadget girl. So I have 
so many cords and so many like awesome things where I'm like, do I really have to go on Amazon right now and order a backup charger or a backup blah, 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 because I, I don't know where this is. And I have buckets and drawers full of cords. Well, earlier this year, I said, okay, enough is enough. I think I've probably wasted a good three years of my life looking for cords and chargers. Now we have a new system sitting at our front door is this. It's called a Brother P Touch, and this is a label making device. So this sits at my front door. It's right near the front door. It's not like, you know, you walk in and have to step over it, but it's near my front door. And then, y'all, it's a problem. Now, the second I open a package, it gets labeled, whether it needs to or not. Like, sometimes I just label things just because I really like making labels. I'm like, it's mine. Don't touch it. It's mine. It's mine. My kids, when they leave for school each day, I'm like, hold on, let me just make you a label so everyone knows. Let's see. Okay. Shalene's son. Shalene's daughter, Sierra. And I label them before they go to school each day and I just snap it off and I simply apply that across their forehead and I'm never going to lose them. So every freaking thing gets labeled now and that's new. Everything. Things that don't need to be labeled are now labeled and it's beautiful. But I wouldn't have it if I just told myself to do that. You need a physical thing in your environment that's like, you can't miss it. Like you see it and you're like, oh, you just can't miss it. So there's so many habits that we need to develop, right? Let me give you one more example that will really help you understand how true this really is for you. So I'm going to give you the most important habits to work on first. I believe the very most important one is a daily brain dump. And, you know, these are called a lot of different things. Some people say it's like, you know, this isn't my thing. I, I learned it from first Brian Tracy and, and it's taught in getting things done. And some people call it a brain dump. Some people call it an empty. Some people call it a master list. It's really just kind of taking everything off your head that you've been trying to keep track of. And see, sometimes we really get distracted because we're so worried we're going to forget that one thing. You're like, oh, I, don't let me forget. Don't let me forget. And if you just put it down on paper, you won't forget. So that's the first step. The second step is taking that list and identifying just two things that move you closer to your push goal or the big thing that you're working towards, right? And then after that, you can kind of prioritize whatever else you need to get done. But I really think that most people try to get way too much done. But I think the most important thing when it comes to your to-do list is not to try to do too much because I think too many people try to do too much and that's where they go wrong. Because if you're trying to do too much, it truly does bog you down. It doesn't make you feel successful. It makes you feel stressed out and that's never good. So I want you to focus on just those habits that are probably going to make the biggest difference in your life. So let's talk about some of the habits that really successful people have. Number one, they get good sleep. What are you doing up so late watching this chick on Facebook or Periscope, people? This is going to be the last night I'm going to see you up this late. Got to get good sleep. Write that down. Number two, they every day know their schedule. They don't just drift through their day. Successful people have a habit of scheduling their day. They also have morning routines, like routines that set the stage and set the tone and set them in that feeling of, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm doing. Routine makes us feel centered. People who are very successful also create an action plan. So if they're not going to get a million things done, they at least know like two or three things that they need to get done. 
people who are very successful, you're not going to want to hear this. Some of you are just not going to want to hear this. You're not going to want to hear this, but it's the truth. They take care of themselves. They do because they realize kind of like, you know, Michael Hyatt said this weekend, when the plane is crashing, what do they tell you to do? To grab a mask and put it over your face first because you can't help other people unless you can help yourself. So as much as you don't want to hear this, help successful people take care of themselves. And that means they eat right and they exercise. And I know this upsets people. And I don't mean like all successful people have 11% body fat. I'm not talking about like that. I'm talking about exercising daily. I triple dog dare you to argue with me on this. People who exercise daily are more patient, more productive, more rested, more confident, more creative, more energetic, more balanced, stronger, smarter, all of those things. So when you're not taking care of yourself, that's a pretty big piece of the success pie that you're missing. And that is for you, right? I mean, everybody knows you feel better when you exercise, right? And it's not even that you feel better. You do better when you exercise. When I say success, I don't mean that they're doing a million things. So success, as I define it, is they have their ish together and they don't do it because they need to please everybody else or get ahead, get ahead, get ahead. But it's like, yeah, this is what I wanted. Yeah, this is good for me. That's what, how I define success. So people who are successful also have strong relationships. And so that's a habit. Like how is a relationship a habit? You might think this is strange, but I have notifications that come to my phone that remind me who to contact each day. And I have a list of people who are on rotation because they are my people. And they're the kind of people who don't need right? Like they don't need contact from me. They don't need to hear from me. They're not needy, but I want them to know how important they are to me. And so I'll just reach out to them. You don't need to set reminders on your phone or post-it notes to reach out to those people who need you because y'all, they're reaching out to you all the time because they're so damn needy. Am I right? Yeah, they're so damn needy. But it's the people who we need to take care of that we have to remind ourselves to reach out to them because we're not going to be triggered by seeing a message from them usually because they're just important and they have their ish together and you just have to remember that it's kind of about other people. And more so than just like, you know, friends and family, but like the people who really are making things possible on your team. And so often the people on our team who we ignore are the ones who have their stuff together. Yeah. And sometimes the people who really have their stuff together, they don't get our attention so much. It's like the kid in the family who was the good kid and they never got mom and dad's attention because there was this other kid who was such a problem. Right. And so we tend to give all of our attention to the problem children as opposed to praise and love and connecting with those who are really making things happen for us. Other habits that are really important are, of course, prayer and or meditation and or daydreaming. Now for me, all three of those things when it comes to the brain fall into the same category because they really allow us to to focus on a higher power, to be present and to think outside of ourselves, to think of something bigger than ourselves. But then of course there's spirituality. But for many people who struggle with meditation, the reason why it is so important for you to meditate is because the effects on the brain and what we know about what happens in our brain when we meditate, it's the same thing that's happening in our brain when we truly are just daydreaming, daydreaming. It's also the same thing that happens when we close our eyes and really just focus on listening to God or your higher power, whatever that is. That's a good thing. 
So my question to you is we need to eat better and I need to sleep more and I need to exercise. I need to create a daily to-do list. I need to check in with my important people and I need to check in with my team and I need to make my bed and I need to put my things away and I've got to declutter my house. Oh man, what should I do first? I can't answer that for you because I think everybody's different. They're going to approach this from a different perspective. I can tell you that for most people, most, not all, that the first thing you should do, like if I were going to give you one habit that 90% of people should start with, it would be a daily brain dump and then picking just two things, just two things you're going to get done that move you closer to your big goal. The next thing I think most people need to do is get systems of organization into your house. I think the reason why so many people have a difficult time establishing all of these other habits is because their environment is a freaking mess. And I don't mean you're a dirty person. That's not what I mean. And trust me when I say I'm a former clutter freak because I thought taking the time to rehang a sweater, taking the time to put things away was a waste of time because I'll do that later. I'll do that tonight. I'll do that this weekend because I have things I have to get done. I have this project and that. I'll do all of that later, I would tell myself. And it was always so distracting. And see, the brain can't focus when we're very distracted. So look around wherever you're sitting right now. Take a look around the room. And I want you to see things that catch your eye and you're like, I don't need that. I don't even like that. Why do I have that there? Why is that in this room? Why is this there? Why is that on top of that? Why have I stacked all this stuff to look at later and I'm never going to look at it? So I have some books I think will be incredibly helpful for you to read. Please write these three down because, listen, I had to get help. And by help, I mean I had to be educated. I needed to first change my mindset and understand that it wasn't time-saving to do it later. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. That's the first rule. Number one, do it now. Number two, everything needs a home. And the second I'm done with this, it goes back to its home. Number three, everything gets labeled. Number four, if I don't need it, love it, or it's already served its purpose, I have to get rid of it. What do I mean by that? Like trophy that you've been hanging on to, you already won the trophy. You're already really excited about that gift that someone gave you at the time they gave it to you, but now you're not that into it. Get rid of it. It served its purpose. People used to send me these little tiny angel figurines. And for the longest time, like tchotchkes, at a certain point, they were sending them to me that like were angels made out of bottle caps or like angels made out of like weird things. And just, I don't know, I must have said something at some point about angels because there was like a year there where everyone sent me angels. And then I got superstitious and I was like, God, I can't throw these away because what if an angel gets mad at me? Like, is that a bad thing? And then I just had to recognize the gift was that someone thought of me as an angel. But if that person knew that it was now causing me stress, that would make them sad. So I should just donate this bottle cap angel. And if there's something that was, you know, a very important moment in my life, take a picture of it. If it's a book I've already read, donate it. If it's something I no longer need, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Have you ever walked into a model home and you know how a model home is just so pristine and beautiful and you're like, wow, this is what our next house is going to look like. We are going to live our lives as if we are in a model home. There will be nothing on the countertops except for a plant. And when you walk into this beautiful walk-in closet, there will be only just a few simple 
color-coordinated boxes. And you just see these beautiful model homes. You're like, mm-hmm, yummy. My life would be different if I lived here, right? And they want you to do that. They want you to look inside a model home and go, oh, what our life would be like in this beautifully organ. They don't put stuff everywhere to make it lived in. That's because it's disturbing. It's not peace-inducing, it's stress-inducing. So my challenge to you is to get rid of your clutter. I would suspect that that's going to help so many more of your habits. Then looking back on all the habits that we discussed, which one's going to make the biggest difference in you becoming who you want to be? Because you can't do all these habits at once. Just pick one. Pick one and focus on it. Okay, now that you've just identified what that thing is going to be, I want you to focus on creating an environment, number one, that makes it conducive to have that behavior. Number two, focus on the feeling that you're going to start looking forward to. So you focus on the feeling that you're looking for when that thing is done. Focus on the feeling that you want to experience. What do you want to experience? And then I want you to start establishing environmental, physical, visual triggers that remind you to do it at the time you're supposed to do it. And I want that to be at the same time every day. And I want it to trigger that feeling, that feeling that you're looking forward to so that it becomes an action. And I want to see how long it takes you because research shows you can do this far faster than 21 days. As we previously thought that you just repeat something for 21 days, it ain't true. You actually need all these other elements in there and you can create a habit in as few as seven days by having the right environment, the right trigger, and making sure that you follow through on that action. And before long, it'll be a mindless behavior. That's when it's a habit, when it's mindless. When now you don't even need the visual trigger. You're just in the environment. Then we know we have a habit. Let me give you those three books. The Power of Habit, Smart Change, and The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. One more book, I'm gonna give you four. The fourth one is It's All Too Much. It's All Too Much is a great book for those of you who listen to books on tape or on Audible. That's a really great book. And it came up before The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which is wildly popular, which is also good, but it's also written, and you know, I hope you don't take this the wrong way, but The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up is a great book, but it's written by a woman who lives and who works in Japan, and their space and their culture, like there's some things in the book you have to go, huh? Like it doesn't really make sense. You're like, what? She's also, I will say, however, it was her book that really allowed me to get rid of all of our stuff that was, it wasn't even sentimental. I just felt bad about throwing it away because I'm like, oh, but this person was so nice that gave us this to us. Or, but what if I get invited to a 70s party with a disco theme? I have to save these white go-go boots for 15 more years. She really helped me with those kind of things. And all of the stories you tell in your head, like I had been holding on to, I don't know, we've been married for 20 some years. I probably had a closet accumulated of maybe 20 or 30 old, mushy, disgusting, smelly, stained pillows. Why am I holding on to them? Am I expecting like, 50 Girl Scouts to come over here for a sleepover? Like, why am I hanging out to these? And even if I did, I'd probably go out and buy them all new pillows because these pillows are so gross. And I had all these like old, cheap, really gross comforters. I'm like, why am I holding piles and piles and piles of them? And then I just realized, what in the world am I doing with these? I'm just gonna pack them all up and take them to a shelter and donate them. 
you know, and, and God bless if they don't want them, I understand you can throw them away because they're, they're gross. And I'm not sure why I've moved them from three homes in boxes I've never opened. I really do think once you get a hold of your clutter, it's kind of crazy how many more systems you can set up in your house that allow you to establish better, healthier habits. The only difference between you and who you want to be are new habits and changing old ones. But it's not just stopping the old habits. It's replacing them with healthier habits. That's what I got for you. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for U.S. residents. Then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips.